On this week's Graze the Rim, the NCAA tournament has stolen our hearts and minds, so we catch up on the first weekend of action and how bad we are at picking winners. In the NBA world, it is trade deadline season. In the final hours of this trade season, we have picks for who should be buying and who should be selling. We recap the latest buzz and other news in Splasher Pass, and then bring back Playoff v. Wayoff to rank the best and worst NCAA tourney performances by current NBA players. Let's get to it. We're back. We are live. Welcome to Graze the Rim Podcast. Now, normally we are your average, fun, insightful, hilarious NBA podcast. But Seth, first and foremost, you and I are basketball fans. And we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the single best sporting event across all major sports, all levels of competitiveness. The single best event is the NCAA tournament that is happening right now. Hands down. No we, are, we are recording this on the afternoon of Tuesday, March 23rd. And Seth, I would love nothing more than to say to you, starting off this NBA podcast, I have watched and listened to dozens, not exaggerating, dozens of hours of basketball over the last five days, and not a second of that content was NBA. I'm with you. I am right there with you. Now, I will <laughs> say, I I tried to watch, uh, a, I don't remember what game it was, I think it was a Sunday afternoon game, but of course it was blocked out, or blacked out, whatever, for... Uh, for where I am Off in regional, Omaha, yeah, it was like a thunder. It was a thunder game or something like okay. that. So now just, I will say this yeah. about March Madness. I get jacked to the tits when NBA playoffs start, right? Yeah, of course, amazing. But those can go on for you know a week, sometimes two weeks, a whole series. March Madness is just the first weekend is just four straight days of nonstop basketball. One game, one loss, and you go home. Hundred percent. There's there's nothing more exciting than that. It is it is a hundred games a minute of just like you said. Winner go home basketball and, yeah. and nothing beats it. So so we wanted to talk about it because, like I said, that's all we've been watching. That's all the content we've been consuming over the last five days. Um, so first thing I want to say, I've heard it said, and I agree, nobody cares about your bracket. Amen. Don't be that guy telling your friends or coworkers, hey, I picked this upset. I don't care. Nobody cares. That tell me when you get a perfect bracket. That's when you tell that's me. That's a good point. I if you're if you're perfect through a day, is that good? How many games are played in the first day? So it's 16, 16? first day. Yeah. Yep. So if you're perfect through the first day, you can start telling people. Because that's yeah. that's that's the that's the marker right there. But like I said, nobody cares about the upset you picked or who your final four team was, who your bracket was busted. Uh, that being said, I'm gonna tell you about my bracket, Seth. I am terrible at picking. That's what I've learned. <laughs> You and I might be terrible, but specifically me. At one point, it is Tuesday we're recording. At one point on Monday, I was in the 8th percentile on ESPN for my bracket. That means of all of the brackets posted in any context of how serious they were posted, of all of the brackets, 92% of them were better than mine was at one time. So I, I'm with you because on ESPN, you can do an autofill, and it'll, it'll pick up a series of random teams for you, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. And one of my serious brackets was worse than one of my randomly <laughs> auto-filled brackets. That's that's actually hilarious. I only did this year for whatever reason. I just did one bracket. I'm just like, I'm not gonna do eight, and then the one that's good, I'm gonna you know brag about right the one that I did. I was going to 
do one, be serious. That's my bracket. Put it in all of my contests. And it might be the worst bracket I've ever done. <laughs> so other things we're bad at picking in college basketball. You and I did a couple, I guess, games, events. A friend of ours put them on for bracket fun. Uh, the first one was a Survivor League where you, you basically pick the first round. You pick two winners a day. And then from then on out, you pick one winner a day. And you can't pick the same team twice. So just one elimination, you're done. But you only have to pick one or two games. Uh, you and I, I'm, correct me, right? We didn't make it past the first day. Neither of us did. I definitely didn't make it past I didn't the first either, day. Yeah. Okay. Who shafted you? Uh, Purdue. Oh. Yes. Can't yes, trust Big yes. Ten. I, that's what can't. I learned. I learned that yeah. this tournament. And then the other thing that he did was kind of a, a, what a point, points per seed bracket where like if you, you, you pick nine teams and if one of them is a, a 10 seed and they won a game, you get 10 points. Versus like if you pick a one seed that wins four games, you get four points. So it, it, there's value in picking higher seeded teams. This was hilarious to me, Seth, because uh, we picked... Of the nine teams total, we picked six of the same teams. The three yes. teams, the three unique teams that we picked, all lost in the first round. So <laughs> basically after the first two days, we had the exact same pick set, and it was terrible. We were, at one point, there was about, well, there's like... Um, there's like 30 people in it. I was going to say, there's, there's like 25, 30 people, and at one point yesterday, we were tied for second to last. So... I would say, I'm not going to say great minds think alike, because that's not true in our case. Like-minded minds think alike, because we picked the same, and it was bad. We're bad. Yeah, we did. We're pathetic. (laughs) Just pathetic. I would say, I I got screwed. Uh, I picked VCU in one of them. That was an automatic 10 points, (laughs) and they get a no contest because they get COVID. That's true. That's true. That's really funny. Um, I'll tell you, my excuse, like, you know, family, friends have been asking, hey, how's your bracket doing? I just say, well, you know, I'm doing an NBA podcast. So I just haven't watched college basketball, so <laughs> I just I didn't know who to pick. Um, so we're going to get into actually the bracket a little bit. Uh, you mentioned it. The Big Ten sucks. Love it. That was so. I the only college basketball I watched this year was basically Kansas games. I'm a Kansas fan, mm-hmm. so I watched a lot of the Big Twelve just when they would play Kansas, and then you know Google the round, figure out who's good. Oh, the Big Ten's good. All right, I'll pick a bunch of Big Ten teams, and they all lost. So the Big Ten. They had nine bids into this tournament. Two number one seeds, two number two seeds. So not just like nine, you know, at large bids, like really high seeded teams. There's one team left, Michigan. Everybody else lost, which is crazy yes. to me. Yeah. Uh, they're one of the two seeds losing the first day to Oral Roberts, a 15 seed Oral yes, Roberts. Yes. That was, that's been the highlight. Oral Roberts uh, has been. It's been amazing. I, yeah. I mean, I'll, that, so, so you go ahead. No, that just random fact. They're the they're the only the second number fifteen seed to ever make the Sweet Sixteen, right? And the first one was Florida Gulf Coast, mm-hmm. who was the coolest thing in college right. basketball. Yeah, yeah. yeah I well, even had a uh, I had a Dunk City shirt, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, FGCU, right? That's cool. Yeah, I I I'm kind of mad that I didn't pick or you to upset because I remember reading in one of my research things because I never watched any games, obviously. Um, that they said a, a potential sleeper to watch is Oral Roberts beating Ohio State. I didn't pick them because I didn't have the balls. But I, I wish I would have because in my high school, we went to Oral Roberts every summer for basketball camp somewhere in Oklahoma. Uh, their campus is beautiful. The weirdest really? looking buildings I've ever seen. Like the architecture is – it's like Picasso level, just very abstract. You don't know what's happening, but it looks good. So 
you know what's weird? I yeah. I watch this thing when I study in the morning. It's called uh, Aerial America or something like that. Okay. Just because it's nice and it's calming. And for some reason, they're flying around. It's like drone footage. They're flying around Oral Roberts this hmm. morning. Okay. Uh, and apparently, they have a big statue of like praying hands together. Yes. Like a giant, yeah. 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 Uh huh. For what reason? What's well, a Christian school? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 Huh. Um, Fun fact. Yeah. Oral Roberts. It's 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 right on the way in. We yeah. But yeah, I I I had a good friend went to Oral Roberts. I went to Oral Roberts a bunch. I went there once, actually helped him coach randomly. So I've been like, I'm mad I didn't pick him. It's the more of the story. The connection you had the connection. I did have the connection. My other notes. Oh, Big Twelve sucks. Uh, <laughs> so Big Twelve, uh, seven out of their ten teams qualified, which is impressive. Really impressive. Uh, and so again, they weren't just fluky last minute bids. They had number one Baylor. Three number three seeds and one number four seed, and only Baylor is left from the Big Twelve, which Baylor has kind of been a cut above the rest of the Big Twelve, anyways. Yeah, there was a three seed from around where you're from, right? Uh no, not that's true. Oh. I will, I will say yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so last night again, today's Tuesday, we're recording Monday. Uh, Kansas got absolutely shellacked by USC. Yes, they did. Which I think is a it's a fitting end to. What has just been a brutal year for the Blue Buds in college yeah. basketball. I mean, they made it the farthest out of the traditional powerhouse schools, right? As yeah, you got Michigan. One eight. Michigan. Ah, no, they're not a Blue Blood, are they? Right, UCLA. UCLA's left. I don't know. What's a Blue Bud? I, That's a good question. I think it's. I think it's a tight group. I think there's only like five or six. <laughs> Who? Whom? Whomst? Let me just say the highlight for me was. Uh, I'm from Omaha, big Creighton fan. Creighton made the first ever Sweet 16 this yeah. year. And they did it in excellent fashion, beating a 12 seed and a 13 seed back to back. I will I say congratulations to them. Uh, yeah. Survivor advanced the first round. You, you, it was ugly. It, it, was, it was ugly. Was it Santa Barbara? You, UCSB. Yeah. California, Santa Barbara. They tried to, Creighton tried to give them the game, but Santa Barbara didn't want it. Exactly. Kudos to them. And then they played Ohio. They looked like a five seed playing a thirteen seed. They did, a, but kind of Ohio beat the defending national champs in round one. That's true. From twenty nineteen, yes, the, uh, Virginia Cavaliers. Not well. They're they're defending that. They're not the defending number one AP poll team. No, they're That's not. That's Kansas. So yeah, congrats to Creighton. If yeah, uh, their next game, yeah, is competitive at halftime, I will be very surprised because they're playing. They the are. They are going to get rolled. And it doesn't matter. The, <laughs> yeah. the only thing that mattered to me was them finally getting this accomplished. They had never done it. They had made technically the Sweet 16 when there's only 32 game, or thirty-two teams. Right. So they've never won two games in the NCAA tournament. Okay. And they accomplished that this year. All right. They can get killed by 50. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would like a competitive game, though. Yeah. I, I said I will be surprised if they are. Um, okay. Here's my, here's my blue blood list. Yeah, this says sure. this is five. Okay. Uh, Kentucky, UCLA. So UCLA is Kentucky, UCLA, North Carolina, Kansas, Duke. That's five. They have Indiana next on the list. Uh, I would have okay. okay. I would put Michigan State next. Yeah, because it talks about like this is an article like who's next in basically. Who cares? Indiana is bad. So Kentucky, UCLA, North Carolina, Kansas, Duke. So UCLA somehow is representing blue buds, but besides that. And even counting that, they were an 11 seed. Not a good year for the, the traditional powerhouses. Any other NCAA tournament before we move on? Anything else worth mentioning? 
Uh, Sister Jean is back. Oh, uh, yeah. Loyal Chicago. Right. Um, Loyal Chicago, who two years ago, three years ago, two tournaments ago, I think, uh, made to the Final Four as an 11 seed. Yeah. <clears throat> They're back this year as an 8 seed, just knocked off number one seed, Illinois. They look good in that yeah. game in Illinois. That was a, and that was a good news for win. them. To get to get to the elite eight, they got to knock off twelve seed Oregon State. So yeah, uh, they got a good draw there. Yeah, yeah for sure. But uh, have you seen Sister Jean at the games? Yeah, man, yeah. she is. I don't. I don't know she's, if she should be there. She's a hundred. <laughs> she's hundred one. Yeah, right. I'm not sure if she should be there. I'm sure she's vaccinated, right? I hope so. I'd like to think so. That's my in my head. She's um, my last note. Well, we'll talk about the Houston Rockets breaking their losing streak. But with the Houston Rockets breaking their losing streak. Are the Texas Longhorns the worst basketball team in the state of Texas? Yes. Under, the most okay. underachieving team. That's good. So uh, under Shaka Smart, five seasons, he's been the coach, five seasons, three appearances in the NCAA tournament, three first-round losses. So in 2016, as a sixth seed, they lost to 11 seed Northern Iowa. And I don't know if you remember, that was when they, the guy banked in the half-court shot yeah. to win. You remember that? Uh, 2018, as a 10 seed, lost to 7 seed Nevada. And then this year, as a 3 seed, lost to 14 seed Abilene Christian, a better Texas team. <laughs> What's crazy to me is, is Shaka Smart might get fired. In 2011, as a coach of ECU, he won five games as a play-in 11 seed to make to a Final mm-hmm. Four. Five games in that one season. In five seasons as Texas, zero tournament wins. Very poetic, I think. But what's odd is they they just won the Big Twelve championship. Yeah, that's true. I don't understand what happened. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is him. Maybe he's the problem. Have you seen? I'll tell you what doesn't help is his hair. Have you seen his hair? It's weird. It does not it's look really good. Weird. He 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 looks good with a shaved head. I think he should stick with it. That's what worked for him. For sure, it's he, kind he of his won thing. games with the shaved head. <laughs> that's true. Bring that back. Yeah, let's move on to basketball professional. To- Professional basketball. <clears throat> good, good, entertaining, high-quality, good That's basketball. Right. Uh, can so, we start? Can I start with something? Yes. Can we just take a couple seconds here, have a moment of silence for a fallen hero? LeBron James hurt his ankle. That was okay. way more drawn out than it needed to be. Perfect. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it was a... So, what sucked about it, the timing of it, is... is we were on the heels of the tide has shifted. The MVP felt like LeBron's to lose after Joel Embiid gets hurt because it LeBron's did. biggest strength has been his availability. And a fluke high ankle sprain gets rolled up on, and he's out for they they well we'll we'll talk about this. You're going to use your medical your PT medical knowledge to help <laughs> me out, learn me some things. So they said three to four weeks. I initially thought if it was two weeks, like if it was. As long as two weeks, I would be surprised. And the reason I thought it was because he walked off, the, he, he limped off like, it was like a soft limp off the court. Like he played yeah. like more play, which by the way, so so he, he get rolled up on, his, he get rolled up on, he stays in the game, hits a three to get himself to 10 point because he has the longest, he's currently in the all time longest streak of scoring at least 10 points. I thought that was so funny. So he stayed in the game to hit a three to get himself to ten points, and then goes to the checked out locker room. Yeah, that's hilarious. But so he he stays in the game, and then half limps. It's not even like a full limp. Like he still puts weight on it walking off the court. When I saw that, it's like I'm sure you've tweaked ankles. I've injured ankles before. I thought of 
when I injured my ankle, I couldn't put weight on it, like mm-hmm. at all. And then I was, I mean, I was out like ten days. Yeah. And I thought, well, LeBron's a freak. He'll be back in like twenty minutes. Like I thought he'd be back for the next game. Not really, but, but so, but apparently, high ankle sprains are are much more serious in the realm of ankle injuries. Do you know anything about beast. this? Yeah. So, <clears throat> with the traditional roll in your ankle, you there's some like ligaments surrounding kind of on your outside ankle bone it's called your malleolus there's some ligaments that connect there to the bones in your foot now that's a traditional ankle sprain is when you're gonna you roll over that that's a low ankles that's not really a term but that's a low ankle sprain okay right so then your two leg bones your fibula and your tibia fibula is the one that has that little bony that bony ankle thing on the side you know okay yeah yeah there's there's like inter inter osseous membrane in between those, and a high ankle sprain is when that gets stretched. So it's further up your leg. It's not down by the ankle. So it's not the one. It connects your leg bones to your ankle, not your ankle to your foot. It, can, it is, that... is what's it's what kind of connects your two leg bones together. Okay. Okay. So they so they are completely different. Right. I had this I had this your senior year, and I like to think that me and LeBron are pretty much the same. <laughs> Yeah, genetically. Okay. okay. Um, and uh, it was like, it was like a month for me. Was it? Full yeah. disclosure: I don't remember you being hurt my senior year. <laughs> it was. Did you uh, not play? I didn't play the last game. Oh, okay. No, don't remember this at all. <laughs> yeah, and then we missed you. Like, though. We missed you. It happened like a week before that, so then I just missed that game, mm. and then I, I had I had three weeks to recover. But you were out for a while. Okay, but it was like a month. Before I was back and and fully back in practice. Right. Yeah. I don't know. So it was your sophomore year, my junior year, that, that I. I mean, I just rolled. I couldn't put weight. I couldn't physically couldn't put weight on it. And then I right, was. It, it was like less than two weeks later, I was playing again. So obviously that's different. It's a different. Piece. I will say it was a good a good sign. He didn't have crutches. Like he wasn't he wasn't using any assistive right, device to right, get around. Right. He just had the boot on. That means he's able to put at least some weight through it. Now that boot is gonna cushion a lot of that. But it's still a good sign rather than having to limp around with the right. Well, they're – so it says they're playing it safe and they said they don't expect him back for three weeks to a month. But that is, again, part of it is that's normal. I think that's a normal timetable and that nothing that LeBron's mm-hmm. health or the way he takes care of his body is normal. I was surprised it would be that long for no other reason than they really need him to play in order to be competitive. And I figured you yeah. could just tape the shit out of it and put a giant brace on and let him hobble up and down the court. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Like is it that's what I, I think mean, with ankle injuries cuz how like how mm-hmm. bad how 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 much pain can you be in or how much worse can it be can you make an ankle injury? you could end up tearing those ligaments Oh okay that's worse Yeah that's okay. that would be the issue Okay I'll I'll, I'll which is, yield which that is, point which is kind of along the like a ten, tearing a tendon for Anthony Davis mm. and Achilles tendon I mean, we don't want to do just that, they yeah. get worn down yeah Right and we'll talk about this later but we'll see what this does what the Lakers do with right, this Right 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 the it, next couple days it changes their frame for how they're going to approach the season yeah so they are this is a major tread water for the lakers until lebron comes mm-hmm. back i'm assuming he's gonna come back before anthony davis the way things seem to be going but okay um yeah it sucks i hate it this just throws yet another twist into the already twisted mvp race because now everybody is going to have a stake or feel like they have a stake in it yeah because the door is wide open i think so I don't know how long it's going to be out for, but with a shortened season, I think, just off the top of my head, I think you have to play 72 games. You have to play 60 games to be considered MVP. Like, historically, the MVP does not go to somebody that misses time, like any significant Mm -hmm. amount of time. 
So I think if he's back in, I don't know, two and a half weeks, I think he's still well in the MVP race. But if it's full, I think if it's a full month, I think he's done MVP race. Yeah, and I think if Jokic keeps doing what he's doing, he stays available. Even James Harden's going to start getting way more recognition. I mean, yeah, than, and than he should, right? Damian Lillard at some point you have mm-hmm. to acknowledge he plays every game. He's without them, their team is awful. Right, and and Beat will come back and still be awesome. I just I, plus. Here's the thing, Seth. If if Giannis hadn't won the last two MVPs, he would be, it would be his award. Like we would already, we yeah. could already give it to him. You know yes. what I mean? So you have to at least like. Here's my prediction: Giannis is going to not win the award. He'll be a like he'll be up there, but he's going to have like an absurd number of like third place votes. Yeah, like it's like nobody's going to vote him first. Like like people are either going to vote like. Jokic, Harden, or Embiid, LeBron, one, two, but everybody's going to have Giannis at three or something like that because everyone wants to acknowledge Giannis without actually giving him the award. He's going to, like, it's going to be a weird, I just, I'm excited as a fan because this is going to be a wild west of MVP mm-hmm. voting, candidacy, and and campaigning, and and it's going to be exciting. Yes, it will. Uh, so move on, more injuries. Lamella Ball, this sucks. That sucks. <laughs> So broken, fractured. Uh, here's another PT question, which I didn't prep you. I was going to ask you any of them. What's the difference between a break and a fracture? It's the same thing. Okay. <laughs> it is the same thing. Good, good to hear. I because I you know I broke my wrist on my shooting hand my senior year of high school. Oh. Did you know this? Yeah. So I no. me and Lamelo same same boat. It was actually me and kind LeBron of, same. You and Lamelo same. That's cool. true. It's uh it's kind of funny because so it was in a game. I like fell on it and um we there was a girl that I was talking to at the time whose dad was a chiropractor. So I went to go see him. I don't like, you know, in hindsight, how good of judgment it was to go to him. <laughs> there were other reasons for going to him, maybe. But I went to go see him, and we got x-rays. Nothing showed up. So he thought, oh, it's just a sprain. So we spent the next two weeks doing these, like, tendon-repairing exercises or whatever, like, mm. which were incredibly painful because they're not designed to be used in a broken wrist. They're designed because to be used wrist, for yeah. sprained tendons or ligaments or whatever. So I spent two weeks icing and doing these exercises, and it did not get one percent better. I I couldn't practice. I had I couldn't shoot. Like I would just have it super taped up and try to play through it. And so finally, we got an MRI, and it was there was a break that didn't show up on the X-ray. Not to not to discredit this chiropractor's knowledge. It really, there was no break on the X-ray. We had to get an MRI to prove it. A little disclaimer, but it was funny because I I didn't get the first medical advice I should have gone to for ulterior reasons. And our season fell apart. So the game I got hurt, we were four and three after that game, and then we finished six and fifteen. So we we lost some steam when I went down with the injury. But hopefully that is to say that is not the case for the Charlotte Hornets. Because we had them in the mix in the playoff race and this might be a gut punch to them. Yeah, and just for Lamelo building so much steam, having such a great rookie year, and then to have something like this, that it just sucks. Yeah, it it probably takes them out of the rookie of the year. I know, I know, I know. By default, uh, Anthony Edwards is next can, up. But yeah, can I had Anthony Davis in my mind? But Anthony Edwards, can can I talk about how can I bring back some D'Angelo Russell hate for this? Did yes. you see this? No, but please. He so right after the news broke that Lamelo broke his wrist. Mm-hmm. He, D'Angelo Russell tweeted rookie of the year at Anthony Edwards with like the yawning emoji and people did not like that for some reason wow the audacity of yeah. people to not like that yeah what a what a just <laughs> horrible yeah rough timing tweet by uh, D'Angelo rough Russell. timing yeah. for sure yeah yeah 
great have you guys back i get it but maybe do it later yeah exactly like like after he has a good game you put that in yeah. there's no no one thinks twice exactly. about it you could mean the exact same thing under the context of now that lamello's out anthony edwards wins but just yeah that's bad timing for sure very last injury steph stephen curry kind of hilariously injured his tailbone but it was one of those things where he like shot like a shot and was like kind of backpedaling out of bounds toward the sideline and mm-hmm. it was like towards the opponents like kind of in between the opponent's bench and the scorer's table and he was like kind of trying to catch himself while still looking cool like he could have just bailed and like been fine but he like he didn't commit to ever falling as he's backpedaling and finally tripped and just landed like on a metal grate butt first and injured his tailbone so he's out for like it, 2 it weeks looks- it looked painful. Yeah, but, but it that, was that hurts. It, it can you not tell? It was one of those things where if he just committed to the fall instead oh, of trying to catch himself. himself. Well, instead of like yeah. trying to just like not fall at all, if he would have just like went to oh, the ground yeah. intentionally, instead he tried to catch himself and then actually ended up tripping while he's off balance, and that's when yeah. he just totally fell. So that's a little more funny. We can be a little more lighthearted about that injury because just yeah, come back quickly though. How about that? Yes, good point. Yeah, okay. it's not. I mean, it's just like a bruise. So. I think he's just got to ice his butt for a couple weeks and he'll be good to go. <laughs> Sit on one of those like hemorrhoid Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> good, good. Uh, other news. Blake Griffin debuted for the Nets and he dunked for the first time since 2019 and Twitter lost its mind, <laughs> collective mind. Now, the problem with this is everyone's up in arms about Blake Griffin. You know, apparently he still is really good and he should be, you know, he owes the Pistons some money. He had two points. That was the points. Yeah, so so people were upset, I guess you could say, not really upset, but people were talking because he hadn't dunked in over almost two years, Yeah, over a full season's worth of games for the Pistons. He didn't play in all of those, but over like in that long time, didn't dunk one time for the Pistons. His very first game as a Brooklyn Net, he dunks. Like you said, a bit of an overreaction, more of just kind of oh, a yeah. fun story. It was not like he has no bounce left. It looked no. like... Like it was me not, dunking, nope. like now, not even <laughs> right me, now. prime me when I worked out. I mean, I could dunk like that now, and I'm not Blake Griffin. So, yeah, so like you said, it's just a fun story, but that I don't think no, it's, fu- it's, it's just indicative funny. of anything. Yeah. And then one last thing, Chris Paul, sixth player ever with 10,000 assists. Yeah, pretty crazy. That is a lot of assists. Crazy stat. I'll tell you, my biggest takeaway they flash, like, you know, when they talk about it, flash the graphic of all of the all-time leading assist stats. Mm-hmm. John Stockton has a billion assists. It is insane. Yeah, I was just going to say this. <laughs> he is at 15,806 assists for his career. So there's there's context. There's Chris Paul is the sixth player to have 10,000 assists. So only six yes. people have crossed that threshold. Ever. And John Stockton has 50% more than that. <laughs> that and then is Jason crazy. Kidd. Jason Kidd's in second place, and yep. he has... 12,091. <laughs> That's, That's yeah. 3,800. Less. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a lot of But assists. yeah, uh, incredible. Magic Johnson's the only one, I think, in the same hemisphere. Stratosphere, not hemisphere. In the same level because he just played way less seasons, but his assists per game is similar. Um, I think he has more assists per game, actually, like career average. But John Saxon has like... What like double digit average assists for his entire like eighteen yeah. season career, which is crazy. But yeah, shout out to Chris Paul. Don't want to. That's he's the one we're supposed to be talking about. Yeah, but those other guys are good too. Uh, let's move on. How's that? Yes, game recaps. This week, 
Now, I put this down before this happened. The Rockets ended their losing streak. Yeah, 20-game losing streak snap. 20-game losing streak. Unfortunately, it is broken. Now, the the game before that, on their 20th loss, they actually snapped their streak of 12 straight losses by double digits. Okay, by losing close. Exactly. And then, so it's not as exciting anymore because now the streak's over, but... Mm-hmm. They did, however, pass the torch to the Raptors, who now have lost nine in a row. They beat the Raptors last night. Raptors have now lost nine in a row. Yeah. So let's see what they can do. So after the 20th straight loss, the Raptors coach, Steven Silas, did a post-game interview. And I have never, I think in the context of any sport, specifically within the sport itself, not necessarily like an athlete that's going through something traumatic, but specifically within the context of a sport or a game, I don't think I've ever empathized with somebody as much as I did with Steven Silas in this moment mm-hmm. because he looked as dejected as I've ever seen in a post-game interview. It was the legitimately the saddest thing I've ever seen from a post-game interview. You want to just tear up and just like give him a hug, you know? Yeah, especially because so Steven Silas, the son of Mr. Silas, I don't remember his dad's <laughs> name, but he was he was a player and a coach for while his dad was. He's been an assistant coach for like 20 years, Steven Silas has. He was the supposedly the offensive side of the ball when he was the assistant coach for Dallas last year who had the then record-breaking offense. He's like perennially been one of the like assistant coaches that's like on everyone's list for who should be a head coach next. Steven Silas is, and he's never gotten the chance. This year he finally gets the chance. He comes into the season thinking he'll have the four-seed Houston Rockets from last year with James Harden, Russell Westbrook, B.J. Tucker. They're all gone. It's a team that's totally rebuilding. And he's just kind of stuck dealing with it as his first ever opportunity for mm-hmm. NBA. Back to Mr. Silas, his father. Yeah, do you have something about that? Yeah, it's his. It's Paul Silas is his dad. He Paul Silas, that's, that's, that's why I know who he is, because oh, okay. he played Creighton. <laughs> well, thank you. But yeah, it's uh, the 20-game losing streak. He, From what I've heard, nobody has a bad thing to say about him, about Steven Silas. And it's just a terrible situation for him. I'm sad yeah. for him. They won a game. I'm happy for him. <laughs> Good job, go Steven Silas. Let's not do another streak. I yes. did I did see that John Wall and Christian Wood both came to his defense. Christian Wood basically said, I came here to Houston to play for him. Like, that's why I'm oh, here. Oh, cool, yeah. So, I'm happy to see people I will, him. speaking of John Wall, your guy, John Wall, supposedly the 20th loss was a close. Who did they play? Who did they lose to? <laughs> the Thunder. The Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, they, they had the ball with a chance to win at the end. And basically, Stephen Salas like alluded to John Wall ended up like getting the ball, doing an ISO, shooting a three, missing obviously. Yes. Stephen Salas said it was supposed to be a pick and roll with Christian Wood, and then John Wall just didn't do it. He just waved him off and shot a terrible shot. So it's good job, John Wall. Do, Robbie, what the greats do. <laughs> okay, sad for Stephen Salas. Sad that the streak is over. I am sad for different that. reasons, but good job, Rockets, for winning a game. Yes. Also, this week, another there was another hilarious Pelicans game. Nobody loses games as well as the Pelicans in a hilarious fashion. <laughs> they were up 117 to 100 with under six minutes left. So they're up 17 points. Against the Blazers. The game, yeah. Against the Blazers. Blazers proceed to go on a 16 to 0 run, get back within one, and then they foul, and Brandon Ingram misses both free throws. Dame hits a layup, and then game over. But just to show how poorly they execute down the stretch. Right, right. And I love to see the Pelicans struggle. For I don't even know why. I don't <laughs> I, know why it is. I watched this game. This is before the NCAA tournament, so I was still watching NBA at this point. Yes. I turned it off and went to bed because it was a late game. Like you said, they were up big the whole time. It was before 
it was 117-100, but they were up double digits the entire time. I was like, ah, oh, this game's over. Yeah. And then I get back on, and it's like, oh, big comeback. Damn, scores 50. It's like, One last thing I want to touch on was the biggest game for me, obviously, of the week. Mm. Timberwolves beat the Suns 123-119. Now, the crazy thing about this was that Anthony Edwards had 42 points, <laughs> and Carlton Towns had 41 points. That is crazy. You're right. Now, since, since 2010, only, I think, five teammates have scored 40 points in the same game. Okay. And this puts them in, in uh, Connie okay. Towns and Anthony Edwards yeah. in company with Russ and Kevin, Di- Kevin Durant. They did it three times. Kawhi, Paul George did it once. Russ, Paul George did it once. And the last one, Carlton Towns and Andrew Wiggins. Wow. Elite company. That is something to be proud of. Maybe put a banner up for that. I think they should. Well, Minnesota. there's a lot of space. so <laughs> Exactly. I had a couple games I wanted to talk about. First was the the Bucks come back on the Joel Embiid list Sixers. What was wild to me, so here's how it played out. The Bucks scored 31 points in the first half. Not the first quarter, the first half. 31 yeah. points. One of 17 from three. It was their lowest scoring first half in over five years. Third quarter, the Bucks scored 34 points. So the Bucks scored more points in the third quarter than the entire first half. And they it was still the least points scored through three quarters all season for them. Just how bad of a scoring performance in the first half was for them. Crazy thing, they they won the game. They came, yeah, terrible offense. They came back and won. The Seven Sixers doing their best, their best first quarter Bucks impression scored nineteen points in the fourth quarter. Um, in the game, Tobias Harris was eight of twenty three. Ben Simmons scored thirteen points, and this is in close games down the stretch. This is why Joel Embiid is so viable to this team, mm-hmm. and the careful to use the V word when talking about. Joel Embiid, because I don't want to imply anything. But but in the half court, if Tobias Harris isn't hitting shots, which he obviously wasn't, like Ben Simmons is not a great half court player. Like who do they have that can get a bucket or create a bucket for somebody or get to the free throw line? It's Embiid. Everything runs through Embiid at the end of games mm-hmm. for him. But when the game's not close, the Sixers are still really good. They've won five of six since Embiid went down for injury, mm-hmm. this being the only loss that they had. Which is crazy. Yeah, it's, it's impressive. Not see that yeah. And then... The last game I wanted to talk about, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, number one on everyone's power ranking. They have won 15 of the last 17 games, seven Not of bad. the last eight games. Their one, do you know the, their one loss? Their one loss came to. This is hang on. This is me checking my notes. Uh, the Orlando Magic was their <laughs> one loss. I got a bunch of loose leaf paper to help sell that bit. Uh, yeah, they lost to the Magic. Yeah, Aaron uh, Gordon went off. Aaron Gordon had 41. Evan Fournier had yeah. 31. Two guys, as we'll talk about hotly, talked about in trade rumors. Very uncharacteristic game for the white-hot Brooklyn Nets. Okay, our main story, trade deadline. This is trade episode, all things trades. We're talking trades. Here are the trades. Here's some trades. What we're going to do, we have a myriad of trade rumors. There's a lot. Specific trade rumors, as in players whose names have come up. But what we wanted to do was... Focus on teams that we think should be active during the deadline. Which So today is Tuesday. You'll hear this on Wednesday. Thursday, well, it's like Thursday at like 3 in the afternoon is the deadline. Mm-hmm. So teams will be active up until that deadline. So we each picked two teams that we think should be buyers and two teams that we think should be sellers. So do you want to go first or want me to go first with our buyers? Yeah, you start. Okay, I will start. Who did I start? Oh, I will start with the New York Knicks. I've talked about them a lot. I'm going to talk about them some more. 
Uh, from all that I've heard, they seem to be standing pat at the deadline, and I don't like this. I think they should be active. Mm-hmm. So right now, as it stands, they are 21 and 22. Uh, they're 7th in the East with the – who's above them? Uh, the Hawks, the Heat, and the Hornets are above them. The Hornets might move. But the Hawks and the Heat are above them. The Celtics are right. They're tied with them in record. My question is, what is the, what is the Knicks ceiling right now? This is maybe a rhetorical question. I guess you can answer it, Seth, but – but I was just thinking, if you're the Knicks, what do you think your ceiling is as your team is right now? And I know that part of the thing is just making the playoffs. If you're a bad franchise or haven't been good for years, just making the playoffs is a is a win. But you got to think if you're the Knicks, like realistically, they're not winning a playoff series, right? Right. So, like, not even thinking about the playing game itself, as in if you fall from seven to ten seed, if you're a bottom three seed in the East, the Sixers, the Nets, and the Bucks are just lurking. For a first-round matchup, if you're a bottom three seed. And again, mm-hmm. that's provided you win your playing game. Are the Knicks good enough to jump into the either the four or five seed? Which means they'll have to beat out the Celtics, the Hawks, the Heat, the Hornets. They'll have to finish better than all of those teams or all but one of those teams. Right now, are they good enough to do that? I don't think so. Mm-mm, me either. I, I, think, I think you roll the dice. You spend some assets. You try to get help. They still need scoring help. They're currently 28th in the league in points per game. Oladipo makes too much sense for the New York Knicks. Victor Oladipo. Despite trading for Derrick Rose and having Emmanuel Quickly, who was your first ever surprisingly good young talent, <laughs> uh, they're both backward players. D. Rose is a point guard, Quickly is a shooting guard. Oladipo still makes too much sense for them. Do you want to know why? Why? Because Alec Burks and Alfred Payton are playing <laughs> a combined 56 minutes a night for this team. That's not a playoff success formula, those two guys. Mm-hmm. I think he fits too well with this team to not at least try it. The Knicks are one of the few teams with real cap space going into the offseason. And Oladipo is a guy that's going to have some attention. Why not spend some assets to try to rent him for a few months, see how he works. If he works well, you re-sign him. If not, you don't re-sign him. And then you haven't spent a lot of money re-signing him and he's bad. They have So they have picks. They have their own picks. They have the Mavericks pick for this year, which will end up being like a low teens or high teens uh they also have frank nilakita is 22 kevin knox is 21 they're both bad but they're young the rockets should be in the business of acquiring assets you throw in one or both of those guys you throw in a second round pick or a protected first i think that's you know i think that's something they should look at yeah i do, i agree the reason i think this should be buyers is standing pat just does not make sense for the Knicks right now yeah i completely agree and that's one of the team one of the Teams that I'm going to talk about is kind of the same way. Right. Never we and what is one of those it. teams? I, I'm kind of the same way on the uh, the Blazers. Okay. And it feels like... Now, I'm not comparing to the Knicks because I think they're much uh, much Don't better than the commit Knicks. commit that sin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just wanted to clear that up. But they're kind of sitting in the same spot in the West that the Knicks are in the East. And it feels like you, gotta, you have Dame and CJ, two stud guards... And then you have Yusuf Nurkic, who is going to be coming back at some point. They've been out with him for a long time. right? But then they have Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington as their 3-4, however you want to put those guys in there. It just feels like you need to upgrade at, at the 4 position. And that move, that means moving Robert Covington to 3. And they've been linked to guys like Larry Nance or John Collins. And they... They've been they've been hopeful that Zach Collins comes back to the team. How he hasn't played all year. 
he wasn't healthy for the bubble last year. And then they have somebody like Anthony Simons, who teams are apparently interested in. And can you package those guys up and try to make an upgrade at your four position right now? Like, would that be enough to get a Larry Nance from Cleveland? Hmm. And that just feels like they're sitting in the middle of the Western Conference. Are you going to make a move to try to jump up to the top? Or are you going to see and ride with what you got right now? And in the West, I think we know that it's not enough. When you got the the Jazz, the Lakers, and the Clippers sitting at the top there, and the Suns, don't and the Suns, yeah, don't forget yeah. the Suns. Okay, uh, it just it's not enough right now, right? Yeah, I think so. I think like you said, they're similar to the Knicks, but like more amplified in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. yeah, unlike the Knicks, they've been a perennial playoff team, and, and they have a superstar. Yeah, well, a- well, well, and just being a playoff team at this point is not a success mm-hmm. for them. Like they need, like they went to the conference finals like, what two years ago. Was it just mm-hmm. so? So they they need more than a playoff success or even a first round win. Like like they're looking for more, and right. like you said, the West is so good and so deep that it's going to take a lot. And they're already like they're paying their guys. They're not getting any younger. They've already given up. They gave up two first. Was it two first round picks to get Robert Covington? I think it was. They gave up a lot to get Robert Covington. So they're already kind of in all in now mode. So why not do everything you can? Like you said, I like it. To go all right. in now. More yeah, you've got a, the, one of the most loyal guys in the league. You reward him. Mm-hmm. Get him some more talent. You right. know, he's not going to be around forever. Right. All right. My other one is is actually really similar to the, the uh, Blazers, and that's the Denver Nuggets. And, and kind of like you said, I think they're, they're kind of stuck in the above average to good level in the West, and that's just not good enough to make the finals. Like, there's too many great teams. They have MVP candidate Nikola Jokic. They have a few other good pieces, but... They're, what is their record? Actually, I was going to look that up. So they're currently, they are 25 and 17, tied for f- close fifth six with the Blazers. But, um, and this is something we, like last week we talked about an exciting first round playoff matchup. Right now, the 4-5 is Clippers-Nuggets first round. Oh. How awesome a first round series would that Amazing. be? Amazing. But I think, I think if you're the Nuggets, I think you would love to get up to the three seed, especially with the Lakers and Clippers kind of struggling mm-hmm. because that means you avoid. So right now, top four is the Jazz, Suns, Lakers, Clippers. So if you get to the three seed, that means you're playing the six seed as opposed to avoiding one of those four. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be huge for any team in the West looking to make some noise in the easier first round. And so they're, they're, they're pretty good offensively, but they're average to below average defensively and I think they need to make a move for no other reason than, kind of like you with the Blazers, is something to just bolster their roster to help get them over the hump. I think what's exciting about them is they have, kind of unlike the Blazers, they have they have control of the first-round picks. They have several young talents. They have good contracts to send out. They have a lot of pieces to make a big trade. Mm-hmm. So they have RJ Hampton, Bull Bull. They have their own picks. They have a trade exception. PJ Dozier, stuff like that. Yes, they have a trade exception yeah. for Jeremy Grant. And then Gary Harris and Will Barton's contracts, they can all go out at different price points. But they have a lot of things to send out. They have a lot of desirable assets. I know they were involved in the Aaron Gordon sweepstakes. They've also their name has come up for Lonzo Ball. I just, I just, I think there is enough to send out. And and like so, th- their core is like so. Jokic is like twenty five. Murray's about that age. Michael Porter Jr. is like twenty. Like I hear people say, it's like well, they're still young. They have time, but. But they're paying Jokic. They're paying Murray. Michael Porter Jr. has one more year on his rookie deal. Like, your guys are good now. You need to win now. Like, like mm-hmm. 
like you, you kind of can't really toe the line between being good now and saving assets for the future. Like if you're good enough now, if you have an MVP candidate now, like the Blazers, you should go in now. And I think the Nuggets should be really going instead of just trying to dipping their toes into competitiveness, but also, you know, planning for the future. Like they need to go in now. I agree. Yeah. Like we saw, we saw last year what they have currently is, is not enough. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, they were, so they were conference finals last year, but. I mean, they had to come back from 3-1 twice to even make it there. And they weren't really... Right. Like, like the a Lakers. product of the bubble, it seemed like. That's true. Like. But, 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 I mean, even counting that, the Lakers, like, they feel like the Lakers were on another level. And there's no mm-hmm. reason to think that won't be the case again this year unless they do something to upgrade. Yeah. My my other team was none other than the Boston Celtics, mm. which I think is obvious. Because <laughs> they're about bad. That, yeah, we're talking about teams yeah. that need... More talent. Yeah. Uh, that is number one on the list. But I think... Th- so they've been they've been mentioned in the Aaron Gordon sweepstakes as well. But they seem to have the assets to actually to pull it off. Uh, right. Danny Ainge has his... What he calls his war chest of, of draft picks and assets. But is notorious for never never using it to, well, yeah, to, I mean, to trade I mean, anything, right? That's kind of funny. So he had accumulated a lot of other teams' picks. Mm-hmm. And he famously... Never moved on them in order to package them for a big name player, which and is now, generally the idea when doing that. <laughs> exactly, and all of the picks have kind of was it come to crow, come to roost. The roosters have come to crow. They've, which has been a problem. All of them are gone. They have nine rookies on their team, mm-hmm. but no picks besides their own. So the the thing is, the picks haven't haven't been great. Right, that has been the problem. They have they have young guys like Romeo Langford. Peyton Pritchard's been pretty good this year. Uh, Aaron Neesmith is a rookie who has Grant not Williams. performed well. Oh, God, he's bad, yeah. <laughs> Grant Williams and then Robert Williams also. Uh, both are, those last two guys at least are serviceable. Right. But not good enough to, to get you through the Eastern Conference right now. Now, I think an Aaron Gordon upgrade would be nice. Mm. That gives him a lot of versatility on the wing, like with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Aaron Gordon. That'd be pretty scary uh, wing defenders. Just being able to switch everything. I still... I don't know how they upgrade a point guard. I have no idea how they even do that. But I just, I refuse to believe that Kemba's can, Kemba can get you to the finals. Like I don't, I don't think he contributes to a winning basketball team. I never have. That's never, very, probably never will. Very harsh take. Okay, I wouldn't go exactly. that far. But, but go on. Great scorer. But uh, with with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, like you need somebody to get them the ball in positions to score. Right. And that's not Kemba. And. Yeah, I, I just I, you talk about getting Harrison Barnes. At least it would be an upgrade. I'm not. I'm not saying Harrison Barnes puts you over the top, but you just you can't sit pat. You can't let another deadline pass without taking advantage of these two young studs you have. Like it just feels like you have to. You have to do something. It's it, whatever. It's not working. The Aaron Gordon and it would be Evan Fournier in the deal as well. Reportedly, um, that gives you some scoring off the bench as well. You got to do something, Celtics. Got to do something. <laughs> yeah, it kind of actually really similar to the Nuggets in that you think of them having a young core and it's oh they have time, but they're already they're already off their rookie contracts. They're starting to get paid. The other guys are getting older. The clock's ticking. Like you right. have them, so let's try to win with them. Like let's like stop thinking of the future. The future is now. Now is the future. Is right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Good. It's a good pick. So those are our four buyers. Here are some teams we think should be sellers. And I want to say right off the bat, we excluded the obvious. So I had the Rockets, the Thunder, and the Pistons as obvious sellers, as in they've mm-hmm. already been selling or 
they've shown inclination of being sellers. So not counting those guys who, yes, they should be sellers, but they already are sellers. Two sellers. Here's my first seller is the losing streakers themselves, the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> so like you said, they've lost nine straight. They've fallen to 11th in the East, a full two games out of the 10 spot, game and a half out of the 10 spot, which is massive compared to what it's been before. Yes. And they, can, to me, they feel like they're stuck in good enough to compete, not good enough to contend. And they're paying a lot of guys. Cal Lowry's 35 on an expiring deal. Norman Powell's on an expiring deal. I think that if, and, and they've both been rumored to be traded. I think if one of them goes, they should go all out and selling the other one because there's no reason in keeping them. If like So I think the Raptors, if they sell anybody, if they trade Kyle Lowry, they are admitting to not being playoff contenders this year. So why right. not commit to that and sell everybody not locked down to a long-term deal? I think if you, so you have OG Anunoby, you have Fred Van Vliet, and you have Pascal Siakam. I think if, if those three guys you can keep happy, you can run back next year with new pieces. But you have guys in expiring deals that are really valuable, that teams would pay to get, I think they should do it and they should sell. Yeah, I agree. It is weird that that today, talk about keeping Siakam happy. Did you see that he got fined yeah, by the Raptors for, for yelling calling at Nick out Nurse? Nick Nurse? Yeah. yeah. So keep an eye on that. That's a good point. Uh, my first one is obvious. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers. And just blow it up. I know they're trying, but right. better. <laughs> harder. Blow it up harder. Yeah. Uh, so we got we got Drummond and JaVale McGee, both both bigs that they're they've been they've been trying to sell for a month now. No one's even no one's even bitten on a second round pick or anything like that. Right. Uh Kevin Love has also been trying to move they've been trying to move him for over a year now. That contract is the is what's really setting him back. But with them they have Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Jared Allen. Like that is your foundation. That is what you're Okoro, around. Throw him in there. It, that's what I was to say. And you're still, you're still, you have Isaac Okoro in there, who's leading your team in minutes somehow. <laughs> <laughs> who, who is a not an offensive weapon whatsoever, but mm. great defender, rookie. Give him time to develop. But those are your main four. Get rid of everybody else. Everyone if else is wants for sale. Shetty Osman, have at it. Let <laughs> someone wants Larry Nance, or the Blazers call you, they want Larry Nance. Have at it. Uh, I just think. Get rid of uh, – trim the fat around this organization. Yeah, I like it. No pressure to win. They shouldn't feel. I don't think they do. No one no. blames them for being bad. So why not lean into that and try to develop more and assets? By being bad. Yes. Good. Okay. Uh, my next one is – and pretty obvious. We kind of mentioned him, Orlando Magic. Mm-hmm. So Aaron Gordon, public city, wants to trade. He's gone. He's not going to make it to the deadline. Uh, they have two other – so it sounds like Nikola Vucevic, he's kind of their guy. He's their franchise guy. It's going to take yeah. a lot to trade him away. So, But besides him, you have Evan Fournier and Terrence Ross, who are two other guys that I think will or should be moved. Terrence mm-hmm. Ross, he's 30 years old, so he doesn't fit with like a rebuilding timeline. He has three years, $33 million left on his contract, but it's a descending contract, which is kind of weird. So he has like $13 million this year and then like – 11 and a half, 10 the next two years. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Fun fact. Terrence Ross, he's good. Evan Fournier, he's good. Last year of his deal. And he's 28. So, again, not really worth re-signing for the Magic. Uh, if you're selling Gordon, why not sell the other guys? You're already right. not competing. You're already out of the playoff race. I don't know why you wouldn't. Especially Evan Fournier, who's expiring. I think they should clean house. Like you said with the Cavs. Everybody you like that's young, like Jonathan Isaac... 
Cole Anthony, if he's good, I don't think he's good yet, maybe. Markel Fultz. Like, those guys are all hurt, too. So That's true. You have no pressure to win anyway. Exactly. So those guys, set them aside, put them in the cryo. Uh, you don't want to trade Vucevic. <laughs> that's fine. Everybody else, like you said, up for sale. Yep. Yeah, my other team is the Sacramento Kings. And kind of like the Cavs, they have their, not as much as a as a foundation, but they have their backcourt of the future. And, man, it's going to be exciting. With Darren Fox and Tyrese Halliburton, those are your studs. Like, you, we figured that out already. Mm. But you have Harrison Barnes. You have Hassan Whiteside. You I have... throw Buddy Heald in that list, too. Uh, of, like, on the team, you mean? Well, the, he is on the team also. <laughs> you mean, like, to stay on the team? Is that no. what you're saying? No. I assume you're... Sorry. I interrupted you. Oh, no. Yeah. I was going uh, Rashawn Holmes, Buddy Heald, and Bielitsa. Okay. okay. All you of those guys... between. I thought you were done. But you were no, just no, no, no. dramatic no. pausing. Okay. Like, all of those guys have value to other teams. And, like, they, they are they are not in the... They're not contending for the playoffs in the West. Right. We know that. Let these two studs develop. Trade whoever you can get whatever assets you can for these guys. I'll even throw Corey Joseph in that mix. Someone will take. It. Someone could use a, a backup point guard off the bench, but there's just no reason to keep these guys around right now, especially Harrison Barnes, who apparently is has the most interest, I suppose. And then, and then there's Marvin Bagley, Robbie. And then there's Marvin <laughs> Bagley, and God help, God bless them. They're doing everything they can to trade them. Just what, what did you tell me? They've maintained they. Uh, only want a first round, so they are they're they're holding firm on their asking price of a first round pick, and apparently they're not that asking price is not generating a lot of interest. So for the number two overall pick of three years ago, in a year where Trey Young and Luka Doncic and DeAndre third Aiden, and fifth, yeah, and yeah. is that Jaron Jackson too? Right, Jaron Jackson was fourth. Yeah. Well, so they're all drafted. You have the yes. number two pick with those four guys, and you can't get a first round pick for him. Yeah, that's a rough look. Um, yeah, this is another team that needs a clean house. Get what you can. You got your two guys. Figure it out from there. Yeah, I like it too. Uh, I can't. I don't know if you can tell, but we're very much a pro tanking podcast. We've said before, if you have the capability to tank, as in if you're not competing for a playoff spot, there's no point in treading water to be the 12th seed to get the 11th pick in the draft. Like, why not? I know the league doesn't like it, but I like it. <laughs> you should be going for the best draft right. you can. I so it's been like throw... fifteen years since the Kings made the playoffs, so why not just keep going? <laughs> That's so bad. To throw more salt on the wound for Marvin Bagley, here's players that were drafted in the same draft, not including so we said DeAndre Ayton, Luka Doncic, Trey Young, Jaron Jackson, also Colin Sexton, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, uh, Michael Porter Jr. I don't know if that's Anybody else would rather have over him? All those guys. Devontae Graham. That's a big one. Uh, Mitchell Robinson. Gary Trent Jr. Uh, there's a lot of Not good Barbara players Bagley. in this draft. And Marvin Bagley is the number two pick in this draft. And it's not good. So, yeah. Kings sell. Bagley sold. They just need to be separated. Like right. It doesn't matter how it happens. Yeah, they just says, yeah. both need well a change of scenery. Yeah. Um, okay, so specifically, we're going to talk about some specific trade rumors we've heard. There's been a ton of them. We're going to focus on two names that seem like they are almost definitely going to be moved, and that is Victor Oladipo and Aaron Gordon. Uh, so Victor Oladipo on the Rockets has not been great on the Rockets, but he was All-NBA like three, two years ago. Let's talk about the him for not very long, because I don't have much to say. I don't either. Uh 
I just it feels like Miami is the destination. It feels like that's where he's gonna go. But the problem with with Old Depot right now is teams that haven't interested him. You mentioned New York earlier. Them and them in Miami, they're fairly confident they can get him this off season. So are they willing to to give up anything right, right now you to can get, get him? him for free in the off season? So why not? Why pay right, to get I him think now? That, so I could see him not getting moved this uh, by this deadline, which would make things really interesting because what a failure that James Harden trade. Or how, right. not a failure, but it looks a lot worse. Right, right. If he just walks for nothing, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I could see him getting moved for less than like originally planned. Right, you know? right. So the other player is Aaron Gordon, who we mentioned. He has publicly requested a trade from the Magic. There is a lot of interest for him as opposed to oh, Oladipo. Um, everybody. The last, the serious teams, quote-unquote serious teams, I've heard is as of late, is Boston Celtics, Houston Rockets, Minnesota Timberwolves, Denver Nuggets, Portland Trailblazers. They've been at the center of trade talks, is what I've heard. Um, so the Magic, supposedly they're seeking multiple first-round picks or a combination of picks and young talent. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Gordon's looking for a competitive environment where he can play a pivotal role. Those are apparently his words. So, yeah. Do, let me start. Does it does it seem like a, high, a really high asking price? Yes. Okay. I had to think about it. I felt the same way. I agree with you. I, <laughs> I just, I just, two first-round picks and a contributing player for Aaron Gordon. Yeah. That that's, seems like a lot. It does. It does. I don't – he'll – it might be a bidding war. You know, the Magic might just be trying to jack up the that's price. True. Who knows? It has been reported, though, that the Celtics have offered two firsts and Marcus Smart. And assuming, obviously – the Magic said no because otherwise we would be. Well, they're just listening to the Oh, okay. Like seeing what else they can see, what else they what uh what else comes in. Yeah, that that feels like a lot. The only reason I think the Magic wouldn't be interested is because what are they going to do with Marcus Smart? Right. Can you like, try to rope a thirteen? Yeah, he in? doesn't fit their uh, timeline. Right. Or, or their what they should be doing. But yeah, that's that's a lot for Aaron Gordon. Now I, I figured when that when I saw that tweet, I was or whatever the report was, I was like, and the, the Magic passed that up, but. I thought there was no way they were getting two first round picks, mm. let alone another, like a Marcus Smart level player. Right. So we'll see. I mean, I don't know what other offers have been out there, but that seems like a pretty high offer. We will see, Seth. You're right about that. There's a lot of teams that could use him. There's a lot of teams that want him. This is, I think, this is more the most exciting name to watch yes. out for yes. because we know. I am. I am publicly pulling the Timberwolves out of this, though. Please okay. don't trade two more okay. first round picks. Okay. Unprotected, maybe. Do I'm take the first round base. Okay, so this is the trade deadline update. Two confirmed trades worth noting, right? Is that it? Is that all we have? Yeah. yeah. Pa- that was my I'm passing to you. Oh, yes. We have <laughs> two two confirmed trades so far. They've been like fringe moves. Um PJ Tucker finally got moved. We had been talking about PJ Tucker for weeks. He's going to Milwaukee. Uh what DJ Augustine and God knows what else was sent back. A second round pick? Is uh, that what it was? Well, God, there's another player. I don't remember his name. But so, so the oh DJ Wilson. DJ, DJ Wilson. Wilson. Um, so so the Bucks sent a first round pick, uh, and they're getting a second round pick for the Rockets. So they basically because the, the the Bucks first round pick will be like in the high twenties, right? And the Rockets second round pick will be in the low thirties. So it's like they're moving back like eight spots. So so it was a first round pick though. Yes. Okay. And then they're also I think they're sending another second round pick. The Bucks are. Anyway, Peachy Tucker is on Milwaukee, and that's 
that's the important news out of this. <laughs> that is, yeah. Um, I love it for Milwaukee. I just yep. I can picture them playing small ball mm. with Giannis as the center and PJ Tucker just bullying it up at the four. They switch everything. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be beautiful. Yeah, PJ Tucker's been bad. I think this is the worst year of his career, but he's on this year's Rockets team, so it's hard to be that's good true. on that team. Yeah, I think it's a little easier to make threes when James Harden's feeding you. Exactly. Or Giannis instead of yeah. John <laughs> right. Wall. Um, yeah, I think it's a good move for the Bucks. We talk about teams hesitant to go all in. The Bucks are not. The Bucks are going for it. Because PJ Tech is 35 on an expiring deal. This is a rental. Mm-hmm. They're paying for it. I feel really bad for DJ Augustine. I mean, he's kind of bad, so it's hard to. But he was on, the, he was on like bad teams forever. He was on the Magic. They were terrible. He takes a pay cut to go to the t- the Bucks, so he can mm-hmm. play in the playoffs, try to win a championship, <laughs> and six months later gets traded to maybe the worst team in the league. That's, oh, that's, that's bad. Rough. But that but PJ rough, Tucker, right? he got the move to a contender. I heard the the Nuggets were in, like they were really advanced. Like had an offer out for him. yeah. But I guess the the Bucks beat him out. Um, but yeah. yeah, so I think that's a good move. The other one is the other one. Yeah. Oh yeah. The no, other one yeah, is uh, the other one is Myers Leonard got traded to Oklahoma City. Right, big and name. Trevor Ariza was in the deal also. <laughs> right, uh, so it, the real deal was Trevor Ariza got traded from the Thunder, which today I learned Trevor Ariza was on the Thunder. <laughs> Trevor Ariza got traded from the Thunder to the Heat. Miles Leonard went back along with the second round pick. That was more of a salary match thing. Miles Leonard is not going to stay on the, the Thunder. He is will not be part of the roster. They'll cut him or trade him again. Yeah, he he's already out for the... Like he had shoulder, shoulder right. surgery. He's already out for the year anyway. They just needed a match salary right. and cut. Right. Okay, so now we're moving on to Splasher Pass, and we have a... A... Blit? What's the word? A... We have a myriad of trade rooms. <laughs> we're gonna we're going to whip through them. What's our what's our uh, criteria for Splasher Pass this week? Okay, it's trade deadline week, right? Yeah. So we're splashing... The Lakers trading for Pau Gasol at the trade deadline in, in 2007, 2008, which resulted in two NBA championships for the Lakers. And then we are passing in 2011-12, the Bucks traded for Monte Ellis from the Golden State Warriors. And the report was that they had their choice of either Monte Ellis or Stephen Curry. And they went, they chose their guy, Monte Ellis, which led to three championships for the Warriors and Steph Curry. Yeah, so so our splat so so our, our criteria is how good of a deadline deal can you make? Lakers sure. who traded for Pau Gasol to win two championships, or the Bucks who were offered like a rookie or second year Steph Curry. No, it was third year. Who were offered a young Steph Curry chose Monte Ellis instead. And paid for it. History. Yes. Yeah. So first rumor. I got trade news for you. The Raptors want Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson for Kyle Lowry. Would you give up either of those guys for Kyle Lowry? Look, I am I am Lakers on Duncan Robinson because mm-hmm. Duncan Robinson's restricted free agent. He's going to get paid. They're going to have to pay him. Do the Heat want to pay him? I think Kyle Lowry helps him a lot, and I think you think about it. Like Tyler Hero, no. I think you think about it, Duncan Robinson for Kyle Lowry. I don't. I'm, I would be Lakers on giving up Tyler Hero for Kyle Ooh, Lowry because okay. the Miami Heat are in the title window right now. You know, like this is this is when they're trying to win. Kyle Lowry helps you more than Tyler Hero does at this point. Yeah, but but if if the Heat the Heat didn't want to trade Tyler Hero for James Harden, or they were reluctant to. Why are they now less reluctant to do it for Kyle Lowry? Because I think they've been bullied into realizing how stupid that was. It was stupid, and I did do a lot of bullying. <laughs> so yeah, I, well, hopefully Kyle Lowry gets moved. I'll say right. that. Uh, Clippers like Lonzo. I would be uh, 
bucks on this happening because god i would hate it yeah i don't know i just what 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 will the clippers offer that the, there's no that there's nothing to the pelicans what was Stephen a went on whatever this morning was like made this whole case for why lonzo needs to be on the lakers or on the clippers never once said how they're gonna get him yeah i just think that's interesting Stephen a i don't think he actually watches that much basketball no like just listening no. to him i don't know how knowledgeable he is on the ins and outs of the nba yeah i just i don't i mean they have zubak and second round picks does that get it done (laughs) no i just i mean zubak's are only young yeah young-ish yeah 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 i also heard lonzo to uh the nuggets like i said which makes more sense um i heard twitter was mad nuggets twitter the big nuggets fans on twitter were mad because it was bull bull for lonzo was one of the uh (laughs) and they don't want to trade bull bull but that's but almost the, as, that's almost as big a sin as talking about trading tough fall. <laughs> exactly, I th- I think Lonzo helps the Nuggets. I would be yeah. interested in that. Not I, I there's no way he can get there's no way the Clippers can't trade for him. Exactly, uh, I'll tell you what I'm bucks on the Mavs discussing a uh, Andre Drummond trade, and I am bucks because that would mean the Lakers don't get him. That's true. I don't I don't know how much he helps them. I'm just trying to think. I mean, he, he's got to be better at catching lobs than Willie Colley Stein because he can't be any worse. Yeah, but they've been playing a lot of Kleba and Porzingis. That's, That's true. Five. And like, so I don't know where I don't good. know what the need for Drummond is. And they've yeah. been good lately. Yeah. Speaking of been good lately, the Hawks have been really good lately. They have made it known that Bogdan Bogdanovich is available as well as Cam Reddish. They are also interested in Marcus Smart. Yeah, and I haven't. I'm going to show my ignorance because I have not watched. I have not watched much Hawks at all lately. So I don't know. Are they playing? Bogdanovich and Reddish? Like who's Yes, he's coming out Cam Reddish has been out, but Bogdan Bogdanovich is coming off the bench because okay. he missed like six weeks with a fracture. Right, right. So right. he's finally back. Um hasn't played great, but he's you know he's working it out. I just so I'm but, gonna again, I haven't watched him. They're on a win streak. And I know he's back from injury. So why are they trading? I just <laughs> I'm kinda I'm, I'm bucks on this because like I said, they they won eight in a row. They just lost uh last night. But they're in the four seed right now. Like, what are you doing? They're talking about this, and then the John Collins news also. Like, something's working right now. Yeah. Why are you trying to get rid of all these pieces? I agree. I agree. Bucks. And, but yeah. Dorn Powell has been the name that has been everywhere right now. Mavs, Wolves, Pistons, Hawks, all interested. And now the big one is the Brooklyn Nets think they have an avenue to get Norm Powell. Yeah, I think if Norm Powell's a very good, he would help just about any team. Yes. Didn't it? It was like... A couple weeks ago, he had like a 43.0 assist game, which is awesome. Great <laughs> stat line. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think like I said about the Raptors, I think that they should consider being sellers and being big sellers. And why Wolves, Pistons? Why? I don't know. Why are the Hawks buying when they're selling Bogdanovich and Reddish? Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the Mavericks. I don't like the Nets because I'm scared. But I like him as being a piece that moves that could help a contender. Same here. Yep. I'm I'm Lakers on that front. Now, back to the fun one. Uh, Kings offered Marvin Bagley to the Pistons for rookie Sadiq Bey. Pistons declined. Yeah, like, like what, 20-something pick Sadiq Bey, who's been a like one of the biggest, what is the, what is it, sleeper? Rookie surprises. What do you call that? Yeah. There's a term for it, though, right? Uh, good rookie. Yes, one of the good rookies. <laughs> but but uh, he's been really good, and Marvin Bagley is not good. So that's why the yeah. Pistons didn't do it. Sadiq Bay won uh, Eastern Conference Player of the Week this year, by the way. That's crazy. I didn't know that. That's crazy. 
let's see. Pacers. This is interesting to me. Pacers are listening to offers for Malcolm Brogdon. I am, I am bucks on this. I, I think Malcolm Brogdon is such a vital piece of that of that team, um, offensively and defensively. I don't know what you get uh, in return that that provides what he provides on both ends of the floor. Well, I think I think this is a, a financial move for the Pacers. So the so mm-hmm. the Doug McDermott and TJ McConnell are both on expiring deals, and they're both going to need to get paid. McDermott mm-hmm. more than McConnell, but the 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 Pacers are right up on the the luxury tax. They have like six players making between ten and twenty million dollars, and yeah. I think it's just somebody has to go because they don't want to pay the luxury tax for a below five hundred team, which they are right now. So this might just be a tough choice, and and if they think they can get a big return or a more friendly cap wise return from Malcolm Brogdon, because Malcolm Brogdon's making yeah. like twenty plus million a year, I think. D- does this also mean that they're deciding between Brogdon and Miles Turner? Because he's popped up in some rumors as well. Uh, I, to me, it feels like he is a valuable player, Malcolm Brogdon is, that a lot of teams mm-hmm. would want him, and and they're just listening to what offers are out there. Like I don't think they're that tied to anybody on the, except Sabonis and maybe Karis LeVert because they just traded for him. Yeah. But I, I think they're just they're not that tied to anybody on their roster, and as, as much as they're... They like they've disappointed this season. I think that just they're just listening. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I talked this out a few times, but Lori Markkinen is getting some offers. Uh, I am, well, I'm I'm Lakers on this because I know his future is not in Chicago. Right, the Bulls that's, that's aren't going to pay him. Like we we've been doing that. Uh, I, I probably is not going to take all that much to to get him. Well, that's what that's what. Yeah, I think they should trade him, and I think so. Again, we're pro tanking. If yes. you are not competing for a championship, you have a guy on an expiring deal, and you don't want to re-sign him. Why not trade him, right? Exactly. And the, he, they, do all the, these boxes are checked for the Bulls. Do the Bulls think they're competing for the playoffs? Though that is that would be Maybe, the one but issue. Competing for championship—that's my. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Caveat. And then lastly, we got some Lakers trade rumors. Like we said earlier, this LeBron thing might, this LeBron injury might change some things. Um, Montrezl Harrell and KCP. As well as Taylor Horton Tucker, all three of those guys have been um, rumored to that the Lakers are listening to offers for those guys. I am Bucks on the Lakers doing this. Yeah, I don't know. I just I I, I don't know. I I am Bucks too. I'm off this, but it just depends on what's coming back. <laughs> if I like what comes right. back, I'll be cool with it. I know Taylor Horton Tucker. He's a restricted free agent after this year, and I just assume the Lakers don't want to pay him. Yeah. So they might just. And I feel be like right now, selling high, sell on, high on the yeah. kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think I don't think Montrez Harrell should go anywhere. I, I don't think, think he's so too either. valuable to the team. I heard KCP's name listed with Taylor Horton Tucker just kind of as a salary match, so that they would be mm-hmm. willing to move from him in a deal with Taylor Horton Tucker. But I would assume if that's the case, they'd be getting something because he's getting paid like twelve million a year, so they would need to get something back in like the the probably what fourteen fifteen million dollar mark. Which that's the right. like, that's the value of a player they would be looking to get back. So I don't know who that is, but I am like I said, I'm nervous about these trades. But if somebody awesome comes back, I'm good. I like it. Yeah, same. All right, what else you got? Um, I think we're on our own splasher pass. That's all the trade rumors, right? Yeah. Okay. Got it. I'm sure there'll be ten more from now and the time we release the podcast. I'm sure there already has been. Yeah. <laughs> by the time we've been recording. I checked my phone. You said you you surprised me with something, and I thought that it meant there was a big trade that dropped. So I checked my phone <laughs> for a. Uh, Notification. Um. Yeah. So, uh, the the first splash pass. I am bucks on. I stream on green, and I'm tired of doing this. 
but I have to because he keeps saying dumb things. I'm tired of hating on Draymond Green. That's what I'm saying because it's a I've played this tune. Yeah, but he keeps saying or doing dumb things. He called himself in an interview the best defender ever. He thought he was the best defender ever. I didn't watch the interview. Um, was he prompted or did he just come out and say it? Do you know? I didn't see it either. I just saw the headline. I yeah. I mean, if he was not prompted, this is terrible. <laughs> this is really dumb. I just. Here's my, I don't know why you say this. And I, it was a few weeks ago when I was very critical of Steph Curry after the Warriors got blown up by the Lakers. Steph Curry said, people still want to beat us because we used to be good, basically. Like, like they remember us dominating the league. Now they want to beat us really bad. And I was very critical of it because to me it just sounded like Steph Curry saying, hey, remember we used to be good? Remember when we were relevant? Like grasping at that relevancy. Yeah. And this is exactly the same vein for me. This, this is a Draymond Green, they're like the 10th or 11th seed in the in the West right now, he struggles without Steph Curry. Steph Curry's out, so he just looks bad. And he just comes to the interview and says, hey, I'm the best defender ever. Like, just grasping it. Like, like he's like, what, like 32 right now? And he's not, he's clearly lost a step from his all defensive first team, Defense, yeah. you know, status. So, so like, it's just I, a dumb thing. It's a I don't dumb know why you say it. And, and yeah. what's funny to me is, the reason I heard about this was I was on I went on Twitter and like checked NBA or sports trending, and both Scottie Pippen and Ben Wallace <laughs> were trending. Their names were, and it's because people were listing defenders they would rather have instead of Draymond Green. Like, well, I will say, uh, one of the defenders not trending apparently was Tony Allen, who is who famously just yells first team all defense all the time. Right. He has gotten into it on Twitter with Draymond. Mm. He was his, now uh, about his defense, his him as a defender. Like they were arguing about it. Yes, and I told you I was going to read you this uh, yes. tweet exchange because right. I couldn't tell what's happening. Right. So it was a tweet that said whatever Draymond said about him being the best player um, in NBA, best defender in NBA history. Tony Allen responded, "Big cap with the cap emoji. Who stamped you? Question mark. Who you clamp? In the words of Jay Z, we don't believe you. You need more people." At Draymond Green. Draymond responds, I was waiting you to stamp me, big homie, but your stamp book started running low in 2015 when we used when we used to this is what he said, when we used to you against your team on the way to my first championship. Tony Allen responded, like your stamp book now, question mark, because it's four on five out there right now, my boy. Hashtag call clay. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Now that part I... would crack me up. <laughs> What I hate about I agree. I'm glad you read that because I don't know what's happening either. What what I hate about Draymond Green is he all he'll always go to the titles argument. Like he wasn't the fourth best player on those championship winning teams. Like that's the first thing he jumps to. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I I do know Tony Allen was the the guy Kobe Bryant said was the the toughest guy he had to play against. Like best mm-hmm. defender he ever went against. So I like Tony Allen for that reason. Yeah, same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's enough reason for me. Yeah. I do. I do think that's hilarious. That that. Uh, so I'm gonna white guy interpret this. That Tony Allen's like, you shouldn't be saying this. Somebody else should be saying this about you. Yeah. And Jordan Green's like, why didn't you say it about me? Remember when you were old and we beat you, and then Steph Curry carried me to a championship? Is that what happened? I do love the four on five right now. That's, that's hilarious, that's... and it's yeah, especially with Steph Curry at yeah. Oh, so funny. That's good. Okay. Is it me or you? I don't remember. Okay, I'll go. You go. Okay. I am the Lakers on stars doing whatever to get the calls they need. Okay. Uh, Luca the other day 
using his handsome young man charm on a female referee. <laughs> did you see this? I did see it. I saw the clip. Yeah. I don't know the context. He's, uh, I don't know either. He was compl- He was asking about a foul call, and I can only imagine he is a very charming young man. And him and both the ref uh, start laughing and smiling. She and you can't see Luca's face. You can only see her face. She's looking like she's enjoying the conversation. She was in it. She was digging his chili, as they say. Yes. Um, they do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, very funny. I, I I've heard some like dub voiceovers of that, which are hilarious. <laughs> but I haven't um, heard of those. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. That was a funny, totally out of context. We'll never know what was said. Story, but yes, I do it like that. It looks exciting. Yes. Okay, I am Lakers. I'm splashing on one LeBarn James. <laughs> so I'm sure you've seen this. I, I did not misspeak. It's LeBarn as in a barn. LeBarn James. Uh, all I know him from is this internet phenom. Mm-hmm. This guy who, this farm boy whose hoop setup looks like straight out of the movie Hoosiers. He's just like, he nailed a backboard to like the side of his barn, right? And yeah. he, he built a... Basically, a wooden catapult version of like the gun, <laughs> like the auto rebound pass machine, and um, he's just shooting and getting passes from his wooden trebuchet gun. I just what I love about this clip, it looks like something out of like like the imagination of a seventh grader who's in his first shop class, and he he you know runs a, a piece of wood through a bandsaw for the first time, and is like, dude, think of all the things we can build. Like this is like this is like the fever dream of that kid. It was amazing. This catapult. It worked ball a lot shot. better than I thought it would too. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. it didn't it work great, awesome. but it was a lot better than I thought. It, it was would. awesome. Yeah, LeBarn James. Just, just, what's not to love? The name is fantastic. Also, I am Lakers. We talked about this. I don't imagine it's been last episode, but uh, Kevin Durant on Twitter is one hundred percent Kevin Durant. Right. Uh, it was kind of all over the all over Twitter yesterday that Steve Kerr on a podcast stated that he had a lot of fun. He had more fun coaching last year's five and or 15 win season than he did the final season with Kevin Durant now he didn't say it explicitly but that's how it was interpreted by everybody yes and and Kevin Durant went on Twitter and said this is hilarious responded to it uh, went on Instagram and said something along the lines of these motherfuckers look real happy in this picture uh with everybody like sur- surrounding him holding the title trophies and then someone just some random person on Twitter said, you need Kevin Ray, you need to relax. And this is the quote in his response. There's no relax, champ. No relax when I'm on Twitter. I'm on 10 until the second I close the app. You relax. I love it because that just defines Kevin Ray. That is, that's Twitter I whatever I want on Twitter. Yeah. And I'm on everybody's yeah, deck the yeah, entire yeah, time yeah, I'm yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. I, I do love that. I love the, the Steve Kerr quotes. That, that, you know, on this podcast, he said, basically, like you said, that the bad Warriors from last year were more fun mm-hmm. than the last KD Warriors. And he came out and, like, without prompting in his first, like, interview since that le- or you know, since it went live, was like, that was out of context. I didn't mean that, you know, people, <laughs> that was not what, what was said. And, like, you listen to it. There's no, like you said, there's no other way to interpret it. Like, that's how you interpret Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That was funny. A great interaction. Also Good job, Steve KD. Kurhate. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's true. Uh, so I am I am Bucks. I'm passing on our good friend uh, Ryan Metis. Oh, I don't know yeah, if he listens, yeah. if he's a listener, but what I do know is that he is colorblind, and <laughs> we have had a lot of fun at his expense with this. And I know that many fans with a similar condition 
suffered through the most recent Clippers Mavericks game. Um, so oh. the Clippers wore like an off kind of like a steel gray, and mm-hmm. the Mavericks wore like uh, it's like a washed forest green color jerseys. And apparently, to color bound people, they looked identical. <laughs> so they they could not tell the difference, and so I mean I guess my real pass is on the Nike like alternate jerseys, which I think are terrible. Mm-hmm. That just like why are the Mavericks wearing green? I don't know. And then like, the Clippers wearing silver, or whatever. I guess that's fine. Like, I remember I think I've talked about this that it was towards the beginning of the season. It was a Lakers Sixers game, and the Lakers were wearing blue because it was like their alternate Minneapolis Lakers throwback yeah. jerseys. And it's like why are why are the Lakers wearing blue? playing a game against a team whose primary color is blue. Like, why do I have to, like, it's just not good for my brain to try to associate. And then, like, a couple weeks ago, there was the Lakers playing in Golden State, but the Lakers were wearing their gold. And it just, you know, the whole, <laughs> whole entire Golden State, like, around the court is, like, the bright yellow right, gold. Right, right, yeah. Oh, God, it was horrible on the yeah. eyes. But I don't know, like, like I get maybe you make more jerseys, you can sell more jerseys, but you should only be allowed, like, if you want to wear green, have green in your jersey. I don't want yeah. the Mavericks to wear green. That's their old, their old retro jerseys. Okay, like the, but still, I think it's not dumb. green now. Also, consult a colorblind person before you pick jersey colors. But yeah, I don't like the weird alternate jerseys. Okay, uh, we are gonna keep going. <laughs> Why not? So uh, we're gonna, like we said, NCAA tournament time. We're bringing back a very old segment called Playoff v. Way Off, where we do power rankings of specific things. We do a three best, which are playoff, a three worst, which are way off. So they're all going to be NCAA tournament-themed, but also somewhat NBA-themed. And being opening weekend, we picked our three best and worst opening round performances by future NBA stars. And stars mm-hmm. is very loose. Very loose. <laughs> NBA players. Prominent and NBA projected players? projected stars. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so I have the way off. I have worst. You have playoff best. Who, mm-hmm. do you, who wants to go first? You want to alternate? Yes. Okay, I'll go first. Who wants to go first? Okay, I'll go first. Uh, we'll this start is with your third. Yes, this is my third most impressive. Right. We'll start with Blazers guard CJ McCollum. He played at Lehigh University, and in in 2010, Lehigh makes the tournament as a 16 seed. 15. They, seed. That's no, no, no. This is, oh, this okay. is his freshman year. <laughs> I'm sorry. They they lose to Kansas in the first round, uh, but they're led by this 6'3", 180-pound freshman who was averaging 19 points a game, who scored 26 points in the loss. And, and then two years later, CJ's a junior now. They get back to the tournament. This time as a 15 seed, and they played two-seed Duke. And God, we love a Duke's upset. Mm-hmm. CJ lights him up for 30, six assists, six rebounds. Nothing better than a Duke flameout because they just get roasted on Twitter. However, that was about much as much fun as CJ had. Uh, they lose in the second round to 10-seed Xavier. He goes 5 for 22 uh, for 14 points in round two. But that first game was impressive. Well, you live and die by shooting. Can't say he yeah, passed exactly. those shots. He did not. I do remember that, Lehigh, and it was amazing. Anything Duke losing. That's good. So my way off, my number three way off is one, uh, Otto Porter Jr. Again, we're loose on the stars in the NBA. <laughs> So Otto Porter Jr. was a member of the two-seed Georgetown Hoyas playing against the 15-seed Florida Gulf Coast Coasters. What was their mascot? Yeah, uh, the um, bird. The birds. Otto Porter Jr. puts up, in 38 minutes of game time, puts up a whopping 13 points on 5 of 17 shooting. And I am looking up the score because <laughs> all I remember is they lost. 
I want to say they won handedly. I think it was not that close. It yeah. was like 10 points was the final score. 78-68 was the score. Florida got oh, close okay, to 10 points, yeah. So uh, not a super close game. Not Otto a Porter great Jr. flamed out, yeah. Okay, my second playoff uh, NBA rising superstar. That's a that's a that's a bold word. Rising NBA, really good player, soon to be all star. John Morant. Uh, so this was 2019. They are a <clears throat> they're a 12 seed playing five seed Marquette. I think a lot of people felt that Murray State, which is where John Morant went, uh, they were the 12 seed. And I think a lot of people felt they were underseeded, and that year only Marquette was punished by that. So they ended up winning. In a blowout? Question mark. I can't remember what the score was. <laughs> okay. Um, but I was. I'm a Big East fan, so I remember watching. In Marquette, never stood a chance. Ja goes off for only 17 points, which is weird for him because he's averaging 24 and a half that year. But grabs 11 rebounds and 16 assists. Wow. Which, when he's playing at Murray State, your teammates aren't other soon-to-be <laughs> NBA players. Yeah. So getting 16 assists against a a big program like Marquette is very impressive. The next game, they lose to Florida State in the second round. By 19, so not a really close game. But he comes back to shooting, uh, ends up scoring 30 that game. So a great little run there from John Moran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, my next one is a pair of NBA players. I'm not going to caveat with what type of player they are. Uh, but that is, like we talked about, we love a good Duke upset. This is number 14 Mercer, who beat number three seeded Duke. And this was 2014 tournament. Mercer won 78-71, and I knew that score without looking it up. Trust me. Uh, but <laughs> the two future NBA players for Duke, Jabari Parker and Rodney Hood. Jabari Parker, who was the third pick? Second pick, right? Second pick? Okay, you're right. Jabari Parker was the second pick in the draft this year. Four of 14 from the field, 14 points, zero assists, four turnovers, four <laughs> fouls. Rodney Hood, in 35 minutes, six points on two of five shooting and fouled out. So <laughs> not the performance you want to see from future NBA players playing as a With their season major. on the line. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My last one is probably the most famous run of a of a mid-major player, and that is Steph Curry from Davidson. In 2007, it was Curry's freshman year. He took him to the, to the tournament. They were a 13 seed but lost in the first round to four seed Maryland. Steph, as a freshman, still put up 30 of Davidson's 70 points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy. Uh, the next year, he comes back, 2008. This time, they're a 10 seed. They're facing 7 seed Gonzaga. This time, Curry explodes for 40 of Davidson's 82 points um, as they win 82-76. So he scores almost half of their points. Mm-hmm. That year, Steph led the I want to say, what, the, the Wildcats? I want to say Davidson Wildcats. Yes. To the Elite Eight, where they eventually fell to soon-to-be national champions who shall remain nameless on this podcast. Right. But over that... Over that run, he averaged 32 points, three and a half assists, three and a half rebounds, and 3.3 steals, while shooting 44% from three on 13 three-point attempts a game, which at that time was ridiculous. <laughs> that is, it sounds fake. Yeah, and this is these aren't these aren't just stepping in threes. These are these are where he, almost where he's shooting nowadays. Right, right. Well, my number one, we're gonna stick with whatever team it was that wouldn't be named. Um, <laughs> this guy is on said unnamed team. And that's Andrew Wiggins. Uh, two-seeded Kansas. So they won their first round game in 2014 against some team. Uh, against a the team. They played a team and beat them. I can't confirm that. 
Uh, second round against seven seed Stanford. Andrew Wiggins, the upcoming number one pick in the draft, in 34 minutes of game time, goes one of six from the field, scoring four points in a Jayhawks loss. Jesus. So I don't know if that is indicative for a team that would draft him of things to come, but it probably should have been. Do you think that's a red flag, maybe? No, not at all. <laughs> Take him number one. Uh, I def- I put all that blame on the Cavs for picking him first overall. That's true. They did pick him. Good. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. okay. Good. That's our show. A, a quick one. This was a brief one. Don't check this the time. Was, Doesn't yeah. matter. Don't check the time. But we're good. Uh, yeah. Trade rumors. We'll have all the guess... final the final trade uh, news next week right. of, of what officially did happen. Right. We'll hit you with that. Uh, any, do you want a prediction? Prediction Aaron Gordon. Where's he going? Uh, Boston. Ooh, Put him wrong. in Boston. It's actually wrong. <laughs> good guess, though. This could age uh, does, great. Or does Old Depot move, or does he stay in? One yes, season? he moves for a twenty forty eight second round pick. <laughs> he this is kids not alive yet. That's right, <laughs> the one that's getting drafted. That's right. Uh, okay, good app. Keep watching. Who's your? Do we want to talk tournament predictions? We oh talk yeah. Who's your Who's your champion? It's Gonzaga. <laughs> it's got to okay. be Gonzaga. Yeah, mine. They're too mine's good. Mine's Creighton. So we'll see who wins okay. this. Okay, yeah, interesting. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to make a little bet on the spread over here? What is the spread? I don't know. Do you want to guess the spread? Look, I'm it's looking. Probably up. fourteen and a half. Wow, close. Thirteen and a half. Oh, I'll take it. I'll 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 hammer that over. I'll hammer Gonzaga. Okay, I got I got Creighton. Okay, thirteen and a half. You heard it here. Uh, yeah. All right, Logan Martin. Place out, kid. I guess it's back. You're dirty. STL Derby. I'm like magic to Kareem, man. You tell me I ain't worthy. I ain't speaking about Georgia. I'm speaking about income. Did you hear that, Elizabeth? Here comes the big one. I put my money in your community. Need you got your budget. I want my ass with your advance to the toilet to flush it. My last dance be a stance of General Custard. I hard out because I can. I got cheese and mustard. I got the stats of a Hall of Famer and just two records. That's why I'm back up at the Super Bowl with Julius Peppers. I got that can't stop, won't stop in my veins. That's why they can't stop, won't stop screaming my name. Logan, Logan, go tell your friends to tell your friends. I'ma keep the same grand whether I lose or win. Up or down 10, I'ma fight to the end. Let's go, ain't no way they can stop me now. Logan comes my way, yeah. So the results are just hacking So there's three of us now, me, AI, Shaq From the look to the eyes, I say Harvard man With more heart than Hallmark on Valentine's Day I'm the one that you've been raving about My Ray Lewis, I think it's hard to go and change your route Cause you don't know if I'm blizzing Or if I'm sitting in the ring Waiting on you to drug trip and drop back and throw up a pig, man Ain't no way they can know 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 Ain't no way they can stop me now. Welcome to the way.
Made on how I could twerk it. It's hard work, pays off, then easy work is worthless. My work habit ain't no heaven, man. I do it on purpose. I push myself to the limits of my talents will surface. So now it's curtains and trades on anybody who hates disliking what I'm reciting, biting what I've been writing. I've been dumb, biting, scratching, and clawing on every hate. Trying to make you remember me like you remember the times. Cause I'm a warrior. My daddy was a soldier. I Vietnam been with a dirty thought. I told ya. I'm supposed to rip up your town in Teriosis. Hitting like vultures, man. I'm young, white, and rich. As good as it gets. And giving your point guard fist. He thinks he's done seen pressure, man. But he ain't seen. Shh. Ain't no way they can know. Ain't no way they can know. Ain't no way they can know. Yeah.